welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George Yui, and this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly, we feel things more deeply, and we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George, and I'm going to be your host on this solo episode today. So today's episode I called uh, Healing Professional from Professional Loss. Uh, and the reason for that is that I recently went through uh, a co-founder breakup, if you will, um, and it caught me by huge surprise. And so this episode is for all of you who are navigating through professional loss. And that loss can be a variety of different things. Um, it, it can be a loss of a project that you were assigned to, or a loss of a title, or a loss of a promotion. It can be a loss of a big client of yours. It can be the loss of a job. It can be the loss of a business partner. It can be the loss of an entire business. Um, Whatever that is, this episode is dedicated to all of you, um, and and I want you to know that you're not alone, that uh, we're going through it together, and I'm still finding ways to make new meaning out of my recent professional breakup. But I'm going to start with a little story to give you some context. So for a little over a year now, I had been partnering with some really close friends and frankly, extraordinary coaches to start a coaching collective company. And we'd been meeting on a monthly basis over the last year or so, and I'd poured a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort into helping shape the foundation of this organization and the events and offerings that we were gonna be hosting in 2023. And then out of nowhere, I was fired. I've never been fired before. This was a new experience for me. Now. Days before this had happened, we had just launched our first public event. It was a huge success and people were raving about the connections and the experience and the intimacy of what we had created. The food was amazing, it was in a beautiful setting and everybody was so excited to be a part of this community that we were developing and creating. And the day after, I was on my hands and knees crying from gratitude like ugly crying. <laughs> um, you see, when I was in depression, I wrote down a goal to collaborate and create a mission aligned company with other leaders who inspire me just as much as I inspire them. And so I was crying from gratitude because finally, six years later, this dream had come to life. But little did I know that a week later, I'd be back on my hands and knees crying again, but this time in shame in humiliation, in grief, that this dream was already over. I was given feedback by my co-founding partner about my character. I was given feedback that directly pierced what I call the shadow's heart. You know, some of you may have watched the recent uh, documentary movie film by Jonah Hill and his psychotherapist, Phil Stutz. And in the documentary, Phil Stutz describes our shadow as the part of ourselves that we're ashamed of. 
so for me, the shadow heart is this part that the shadow is trying to protect. And what I've learned is that giving and receiving feedback is one of the most vulnerable experiences in the professional workplace. It is so challenging to be told by others what your weaknesses are and where there's room for improvement and what you're doing wrong. It directly attacks the shadow heart. Um, it's sensitive, it's delicate. Um, it's the part that's associated with the feelings of guilt and shame that we're not good enough or that we're doing things the wrong way. It fuels perfectionism. And this feedback that I was given then just pierced my shadow heart. It went for my bones. It went straight for the part in me that wants to be seen and validated. And I was overwhelmed with humiliation and anguish. And the next day, I went out with a group of friends and I was so uncomfortable. I felt so socially insecure that I couldn't even talk without trembling. It was like I was afraid of just being judged by everyone in the room. And it was like being in junior high school all over again. I reverted back to this old insecure kid that I used to be when I was afraid of what everyone would think of me, thinking that they thought I wasn't good or that I wasn't cool. And you know, feedback typically involves recommendations, uh, a new pathway to improvement. You know, the, the irony that I found in this whole situation is that we were a coaching collective company. We're coaches. We look at challenge and conflict and mistakes and wrongdoing as a breeding ground, as an opportunity for a place to grow, to evolve, to develop, to learn and make improvements. And as coaches, what we do is we create this sensation, this feeling like, hey, this is what's going on. We can make some improvements. Here's recommendations. Here's a plan. And most importantly, there's a feeling of we can get through this together. But this conversation wasn't that. There were no recommendations. There were no togetherness. There was just this irreparable look on my friend and partner's face. And this was a different kind of conversation. This was a sentencing. Two days later, we had a follow-up conversation and another partner joined and they had told me that something was off and that they needed to take a pause. And I was confused and so I asked, is this a pause or is this separation? This is separation. These were the words I heard from my co-partners after receiving this feedback just a few days later. It pierced the shadow heart. The, the worst fears became a reality of I'm not good enough and therefore I'm losing out on something that I care so much about, a dream that I've had for six years. It was heartbreaking. You know, and when something disruptive happens in my life, there is this key response that I've somewhat ingrained to just automatically direct my mindset and my focus. And it's a question that I've ingrained to help me cope with disappointment. And I immediately say to myself, interesting, how could this be redirecting me towards something even greater? And I don't force the answer in the moment, but what it does is that it puts me in this emotional state of curiosity and even hope. It's a mindset tool and I use it. And frankly, it's been so helpful when unexpected things have happened in my life that felt out of my control. And life has a funny way of doing things that are out of our control, right? <laughs> so it's just life has a way of throwing us unexpected curveballs. And 
if and when they do, I found that this is a really powerful reflection exercise that can help guide your focus to an empowering direction when you're in a state of shock. But that's just the psychological part. That's the mindset stuff. And it's super important to redirect our focus and change our language and our belief system about what we're experiencing means for us in our life and our future. But that being said, there's still this deeper wound still bleeding inside of me. And I've learned that using some of these tools too soon also can create this mental bypassing of our emotions. And the grief was very much so still there. We can mentally bypass through a lot, but the emotions, unless they're fully experienced and felt, they end up just becoming repressed. And the thing is that when that happens, they come back to bite you. And it comes out in all kinds of ugly ways and ugly forms of projection. And in that healing process that we forego, we miss out on the opportunity for us to really shift energetically from the inside out, which means that we shift the way that we think and behave and respond and make decisions and take actions in our life that ultimately impact the results and the outcomes of everything, whether it's a work-related outcome, a a relationship-related outcome. And so I noticed that even though I had mentally processed what happened as a way to propel me forward into doing bigger and better and greater things with my gifts and talents, I noticed I was still feeling also this resentment, this anger toward my friend and my former partner. So I knew to slow down. I knew that it was time to feel things, to give myself space to to properly heal things, do the heart set work, and learn as much as I can from this experience. You know, and I was compelled to share this podcast because I connected with some really powerful dots within myself that not only helped me heal from this experience, but helped me clear that anger and that resentment toward my former partner and even view this experience as a much needed gift and allow me to explain that a little bit more. So when I looked at this feedback, initially I was extremely, I was first in shock. I was, I was completely surprised, completely caught off guard. And then I was a bit defensive and through the support of my friends, you know, so many people were just telling me, this is bullshit, it's not true, it's not true. And I thought to myself, maybe it was true, but those who know me best don't actually view me this way, so what does it matter? You know, my people are meant to be in my life and I'm not here to please everybody and I don't care what other people think and all that stuff was there to try to protect me from really looking at where some of this stuff could be true. Maybe not fully true, but even if there were shards of the truth in this feedback, that I wanted to choose to look at some of those things so I can make sure that I'm not bringing that into my life anymore and bringing and making other people feel the way that I had been accused of making them feel. And the thing is with that process is that the shadow doesn't like being threatened, doesn't like being called out. Uh, It's painful as hell. And going for the shadow heart though, really creates this powerful opportunity for ego death, especially when something external is taken away from us. Again, the job, the project, the client, in this case, the business and the partnership. There's an ego death. There's literally a shedding, a releasing that is happening. And although it's forced, it's, there's no avoiding it now. And there's also, I believe, to be no point in resisting it. Pain is inevitable in life, but suffering is a choice. And suffering is when pain meets resistance, when we resist, when we 
continuously deny. And denial, denial is the first stage of grief. It's normal, but staying in that denial too long can cause negative repercussions on this healing journey. So anyways, there I am. I'm holding my negative emotions, and frankly, I'm shucking it to the side for a little bit, not focusing on it. And the truth is, I kind of set it to the side as well too, because two weeks later, I found myself also in romantic separation. So now my heart is really being pierced with the loss of someone that I fell in love with. And to say that shit was hitting the fan, it was probably the biggest understatement of 2022 for me. You know, if you lived into my former episode on healing heartbreak, you know what's been going on there. And if you haven't, you can check that episode out. But life called me to navigate through that first. And so I was navigating through that through the, through the rest of November. And then after that, as, as we went into the last week of November into December, I said, okay, I'm ready to take a look at this. I'm ready to face this professional loss, this anger, this resentment that is still harbored. Even though I think psychologically at the time, I kind of had made peace with the ending of the business partnership, I noticed that the emotions toward my friend were still there. And I wanted to clear those because the truth is I love this guy. I love this man. He's a beautiful human being. And I cannot imagine how hard of a decision it was to have to let go of a friend. But I wanted to be able to move through this gracefully and move through it in a way that I could reach out to him from a more grounded place. And knowing that I was still holding on, my ego wanted to be right about this, about being angry, about being resentful. I, I just set an intention in my meditation. And I had this practice where I talk to my spirit because my mind can really get in the way of things. It's fearful, it's wanting to be controlling, it gets attached, it has expectations, it's entitled. And so I, I had this practice of connecting with my spirit. And I'll just say out loud something very simple, like spirit, show me what I'm ready to see. And what I love is that the answers don't always come right away, but when we stay in the mind of being curious, listening, eyes open, ears wide, I've learned that sometimes answers can come from really abstract places. And within 24 hours, I received two signs. Uh, recently I've gotten into the habit of eating dinner while watching The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And Trevor was doing a bit on Elon Musk and he was reflecting about how uh, in the Ukrainian war that's going on right now, uh, the US government has been providing a tremendous amount of aid around artillery, missiles, ammunition, planes, uh, and supporting the Ukrainian military. And parallel to that, Elon has also been supporting the Ukrainian military by supporting them with his Starlink, which is the satellite communications network that's enabled uh, uh, you, the Ukrainian military to communicate with one another because the Russian military has been attacking their energy infrastructure and so they've not been able to communicate with their normal means. And the challenge for Elon is that he's been self-funding this entire, what he would call charity project. And I think there was something in the tens or hundreds of millions of dollars on a very regular basis. And so he asked the US government to start kicking in some funding for this. And the US government said no. And Elon was apparently kind of trying to put up a fit. And the, the challenge is that he's now he's in this position where from a PR standpoint, and this is terrible to say, but from a PR standpoint, if he pulls out Starlink, because of cost, now he looks kind of like an asshole. And so he ended up tweeting this comment that was like, well, I guess we'll just keep funding this project. I guess we'll keep putting Starlink up for the, for the Ukrainian army. 
And Trevor was laughing because he was like, only Elon could do something so amazing and so supportive and so noble and look like an asshole at the exact same time doing it. And everyone in the crowd is laughing. And then he continued to do this other bit about Martin Luther King. And they flashed to this, this scene where Martin Luther King was speaking, but they put Trevor Noah's face over it. And he's making this joke about having a dream and not being able to go out in public and not being able to go out at night with his friends because he's got to get to bed so he can have dreams because none of these other fuckers are having dreams out here and he's got to be the only one doing it. And Trevor was like, it's not the same. It's not the same. And I was laughing so hard, but something clicked in that moment for me is that you can have all these beautiful intentions to help and to serve and to give, but if you're an asshole while doing it, it negates the whole thing. You know, they say that a drop of oil in a barrel of water contaminates the whole thing. And so it was just this like really powerful insight that I got because I've noticed in my life that I was raised in an environment where there was a sense of self-righteousness and that created a sense of permission to be an asshole about it. And although I don't think this was fully the extreme way I've been showing up, are there shards of that? Have I been exposed to that kind of behavior in my life? Absolutely. And in fact, this is something that I've already been aware of and, and worked on in my life. But in moments of stress and in moments of intensity, did I see signs where that was starting to seep out in very unique situations? The answer was yes. And later that night, I had a second sign and it was a dream. It was a dream about when I was working in corporate America where this personality really came out. Full, vulnerable disclosure. I was a self-righteous asshole in my corporate job. I was the number two producer for a $2 billion company. I had a team of people that my boss wrapped around me to support me and my business because that business was so robust. And in an, in an industry where there was a tremendous amount of turnover, where in my eight years being at this company, I had seen three complete office turnovers where me and maybe two to three other people were the only ones left. And I had this belief that I was right about things and people needed to do things my way. But I learned that if you climb the mountain, you get to the top and you're lonely at the top, you got there the wrong way. That was a big thing that I had to process in my first depression. Now I'm in this place of wanting to find the kinder way. But nevertheless, I had this dream back in the day of this job. And that part of me that I no longer want to be was fully revealed to me. And I was throwing a fit in the office and I was yelling at everybody in the office, not even people on my team. And I was yelling like, you can either fire me or you can deal with what I have to say. And I was just throwing this absolute shit fit and even though this was just a dream and this never actually happened, it just showed that there's these cords, there's these ties to this kind of behavior. And wow, it was just like, man, the, docs, the dots connected. And so I humbled myself the next day and I softened. I pulled out my toolkit, the healing cup, which is gonna be an episode later in this podcast series that you all can use to process and navigate through times of healing, grief, and loss. And I pulled this tool out and I was able to face my shadow side. I was able to face the side of me that I no longer want to be anymore. The part of me that I feel ashamed about. The side of me that I wouldn't have 
been forced to look at without this experience of being fired by my friend happening. This is the side of me that can be overdominant, can be overwhelming, the side of me that can be self-righteous and project onto other people. And even though I justify wanting to help other people, there's a part of me that can be overly eager to give advice, to fix when it's not appropriate. And so I softened and I released these emotions of anger and resentment and these energy blocks that were preventing me from moving forward. And I felt then the depression, the sadness, the anger. And I went through an exercise that allowed me to release that from my body, release these thoughts from my mind and release these emotions from my heart. And I wrote a letter asking for forgiveness Forgiveness from myself for showing up this way in the past and asking for forgiveness to my former partner. And I even thanked him for this difficult and courageous decision that he made. I can't imagine what it's like to have to pierce into the character of a friend that you love and care about. It's gotta be hard and it's not easy to fire a friend. Uh, but the truth was that I needed this experience. And so as you can see, there's a tone, undertone here in this story of where I, I, I decided to try to take some responsibility over how I was showing up. And although this was a surprise and although this was shocking and although I felt that it was unjust and it could have been handled differently, holding on to that prevents me from finding where the learning opportunity is. And it doesn't necessarily let anyone else off the hook, um, but it just, I choose to focus what I can control and what I can take responsibility for. You know, when there are undesired results that take place in our lives, we're forced to look at what we can control and what we can't. And it's easy to play victim. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to hold on to anger. It's easy to be self-righteous. It's easy to feel like you've been wronged. But when we hold on to those feelings, the only person that continues to hurt is you. I've learned in life that trauma is not the event that happens to us. It's the internal experience and response that continues to play out in our life that is the trauma. It's the ongoing belief and the ongoing pattern that continues to show up. And if I'm self-righteous and I'm feeling entitled that to my anger, that means I'm holding also onto that part of myself that feels right about how I was showing up before. And that means I'll continue to project that. And in the place that I least wanna project that into is in my loving romantic relationships. And that is the motivation to take responsibility for me. And being a victor means taking responsibility versus a victim. Taking that ownership and looking deep within yourself on where there's opportunity to learn, to grow, to reconcile, and to move forward. And remember, forgiveness isn't always about letting other people off the hook, it, especially when you genuinely have been wronged. And I'm not saying that I have genuinely been wronged in this situation, even though I felt that way. Now seeing things with a more objective lens, I don't think it was about being wronged anymore. But nevertheless, it's about releasing yourself, freeing yourself from the tension that comes with holding on to resentment. And the truth is only you can set yourself free, nobody else. It's not easy, it's hard, but you can do hard. And I promise you, 
it's worth it. You are worth it. So some reflection questions that I wanna offer you are, and you might wanna write these down or hit pause and get a notepad because these can really help redirect your focus and redirecting focus can redirect your emotional state. Again, where focus goes, energy flows. And so these questions can direct you to an empowering direction that can start to help you mentally. And then the toolkit that I offer in my, other, in my next episode is gonna help you also move through the physical aspect of releasing some of these emotions and energy that are still stored and harbored in your body. But these reflection questions are, there, are here. Where is there lingering tension in your life? What can you do to take responsibility for your part in what took place? What do you need to accept in order to be able to let go and move forward? Where is there an opportunity for you to learn and grow? How may there be some truth to what is taking place? And lastly, how can this be redirection towards something better in your life? In this moment, I can tell you that without this breakup, you would not be listening to my voice right now because I would not have created this podcast. This podcast has been a goal, a dream of mine for over three years. And frankly, there have been reasons why I haven't put it off. Maybe they're excuses, maybe they're self-sabotage, but through this professional loss, I found I always ask myself this question as well too. This is another good question is that how can I take this painful experience and make meaning of it? And to me, meaning and purpose are about what we do to help other people. And if, and I started noticing during this uh, professional breakup, a friend of mine was also going through a co-founder breakup. Another uh, friend and former client of mine uh, just got released from her job, surprisingly. And so I noticed that there were other people out there suffering in pain from professional loss. And I felt inspired to share my story and hope that if you just gain one thing from this episode, that I could turn that pain into purpose. And so now here we are, you're listening to me and this would not have happened without this breakup. That allows me to feel a little grateful. Actually, I feel a lot of gratitude. I feel a lot of gratitude for being able to have the tools, have the support, my friends, my community, my coach, and to be here, to be able to share this very raw, vulnerable wisdom, this, this story, to hopefully find, help you find a sense of inspiration, a sense of hope, a sense of new direction as you're navigating through this professional loss. Because professional loss sucks, it's challenging. And what we do with it shapes so much of who we are and who we become. But, and what I've learned is that ultimately what is truly meant to be in our lives will be. And that there's this inevitable truth of life that all things change and all things end. It's just an inevitable truth. I'm reminded of uh, a passage, a poem that I have tattooed on my back that I found during a very dark place in my life. And it says, some people come into our lives and quickly go. Some people move our souls to dance. They awaken us to a new understanding with a passing whisper of their wisdom. Some people make the sky more beautiful to gaze upon. They stain our lives for a while, 
leave footprints on our hearts and we are never, ever the same. I stumbled onto that poem uh, during my first Burning Man uh, in 2016 when I was in depression. It's a poem by Flavia Wheaton, who's a children's book author who often wrote about dreams of, and fulfilling your dreams as a child. And I viewed it as a poem of collateral beauty. And what that means is trying to find what we gain in times of loss, what we learn, what insights about what's most important in life and who we wanna be, about the incredible blossoming that follows death and destruction and grief and even chaos and disorder. You know, there is no lotus without the long journey through the mud and through the darkness. And it's when we lean into the darkness because the only way through it is through it. This is an invitation to lean in, my friends, to take the time that you need to feel, to heal, and to let things go, to take time to process and reflect on what you really want next in your life and who you want to be and who you want to become. This is the time to take your broken heart and create art. Life is created and there's always something next if you're just willing to stand up and go a little bit further, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found hope and inspiration. And stay tuned because the episode following this is gonna have a very specific six-step process. It's the tool that I used on myself to address, to process, to resolve, and to integrate through my healing journey with both this professional breakup as well as this romantic separation I just went through. All of it in the month of November in 2022. And it helps me find empowering new direction. It helped me find the courage and the strength to start this podcast. It helped me find the courage and the strength to trust other people and still keep my heart open and to be curious about what the next best thing could be. So I look forward to seeing you back here again soon. Take care. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it, and potentially share it with a friend. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach, or just search my name. And you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.